welcome to season five of the Presently Engaged podcast. This is where you'll find short, friendly, Jesus-focused encouragement to live intentionally right where you are. I'm Mandy Pollack, and I'm really glad that you are here. This season, I'm adding something new. The first part of the podcast will have a devotional thought sourced from life as always. Then we will end the podcast with a scripture reading. I'll be reading the English Standard Version of a passage. This will give us the opportunity to center our minds on Jesus and our hearts on his word. Because lives will change as we engage with God's word. I'm cheering you on as you live purposefully right where God has placed you. Because you, friend, you're making a difference. Marley was dead to begin with. There is no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it, and Scrooge's name was good upon change for anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. Thus begins the beloved tale of Charles Dickens's A Christmas Carol. The miserly and miserable Ebenezer Scrooge lives his days obsessing over pennies and production, overlooking lives and love. He is up for a transformational surprise when, on Christmas Eve, he is visited by the ghosts of Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas yet to come. He receives the rare gift of seeing the narrative of his life from someone else's perspective. In his masterpiece, Dickens describes Scrooge as a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Sound familiar? It was I, it was you, it is we, before the redemptive and transformational work of Jesus Christ on the cross. In the course of the story, Scrooge's response to human suffering changes from are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? To, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. Scrooge determined to keep Christmas in his heart all the year long. This week, I've been pondering this question. What does it look like to keep and honor Easter in my heart? all the year long. As believers, we talk about Easter Sunday, and rightfully so. We celebrate Christ's resurrection, his death and life, and the amazing life-altering truth that Christ has paid the penalty for our sin. Hallelujah. For us at our house, Resurrection Day is always a full one. Services with the family and lunch afterward, an egg hunt with the cousins, many, many, many cups of coffee, praise songs all day long. Then the sun will go down, sugared up kids will be tucked into bed, and eventually we will find our own soft pillows. Maybe I'll even tell Instagram about how grand the day was. And then the sun comes up. The day after Easter. Easter Monday. What does it mean? What difference does it make? In the light of the resurrection and that our Savior conquered death and hell, how then shall we live? 1 Corinthians 15, 13 through 20 puts it like this. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. 
then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Hallelujah. What a savior. Easter Monday is the liturgy of love where the praise gets practical. It means living in the reality that you serve a risen savior, that you are bought with a precious matchless price and that nothing can snatch you out of his hand. It is the anthem that death has died and love has won. Easter Monday is the first of 364 opportunities to keep the resurrection in our hearts all the year long. High school essayists may debate me, but I think A Christmas Carol is about investing in and impacting lives for good. The difference that what you believe makes on your choices and actions today, especially as you interact with the needs others face. An Easter carol is about the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the difference that beautiful reality makes on the way you live your life, the thoughts you think, the choices you make, and the way you love. What does this look like for you, dear friend? How can you honor Easter in your heart all the day, all the month, all the year? The majesty of Resurrection Sunday spills over and informs Monday, Thursday, Sunday, and every day in between. The covenant of resurrection collides with the ritual of this annual event that we call Easter, and the sacrament of sacrifice declares that we are his. The promise of the Easter carol is the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It declares redemption and security in Christ for today and for eternity. If living in freedom Easter Monday is not your reality, email me. My email is mandy at presentlyengaged.com. I would love to share the certainty of Jesus with you. Write it down as trustworthy and true. He makes all things new. We see it in Revelation 21.5. This all includes me. This all includes you. When the sun comes up and shines on the urgencies and needs of your Monday, be reminded again of the beauty of the resurrection. Matthew 28.6, he is not here, for he has risen just as he said. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. Join me as we read 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 John 1, 1 through 7 together. This is the word of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. 
For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is accepted who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. Otherwise, what do people mean by being baptized on behalf of the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized on their behalf? Why are we in danger every hour? I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die every day. What do I gain if, humanly speaking, I fought with beasts at Ephesus? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor, as is right, and do not go on sinning, for some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? <laughs> you foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. So is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, 
What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. 1 John 1, 1 through 1-7 That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it, and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. It's a new year with new adventures. You may feel like your future holds far more question marks than exclamation points. Life Purpose Planning is a 10 lesson course that helps young people define and fulfill their individual God-given purpose and calling as they engage in life-changing service and prepare for world-changing impact. It's a tool for young world changers wondering why am I here and what should I do about it? 
and is a tool for parents and mentors who are looking for a way to intentionally pursue, understand, and support their high schooler or college students' dreams. Find out more at lifepurposeplanning.org and go change the world.